Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the afternoon of day one of Modex. Glad to see everybody survive the virus. Has made it around. Good to see everybody. Hopefully, get your take your feet off. I'm Drew Eubank, Director of Accounts and Senior Consultant for Commonwealth Supply Chain Advisors. Today, we're going to talk on a topic that is we run into a lot in the consulting industry, of course, is funding projects and what the competition is. Maybe you have a project coming up. Maybe there's something you've been thinking about asking for. And hopefully, this gives you some food for thought on how to attack that and how to approach that situation. So that's the hope today. So we're going to start off talking about ROI, three big letters in every organization. So what is ROI? There's a fancy definition. Return on investment is a performance measure used to evaluate the efficiency of an investment or compare the efficiency of a number of different investments. ROI tries to directly measure the amount of return on a particular investment relative to the investor's cost. A lot of big words, right? So the thing is, does this definition really fit for distribution logistics products? Have we overcomplicated things? When you think about the different calculations for ROI, there's 55 different ways of doing it, right? What calculation do I do? How do I sit in front of my CFO and convince him I need to purchase something? I'm not a mathematician, this is hard for me, but I can dumb it down to a couple key points. How long will it take for me to recoup the funds I've invested in the project? How much money will I save today if I spend the money, save tomorrow if I spend money on this investment today? Those are my key thoughts and key takeaways anytime I look at ROI. Simple calculation, how much did I invest? How much did I save? How long did I recoup? In this instance, we're gonna invest almost $400,000. We're gonna save almost $100,000. Real simple math, in four years, I will recoup my investment. We wanna to try to keep things nice and tight and easy to understand and explain. We have typical ROI calculations that we focus on specifically in distribution projects. The first one is the simple payback we just looked at in years and months. It's by far the most common, right? It's by far the one that we see the most. How long will it take for me to recoup my savings? It's calculated as your total investment divided by your total savings. Very simple. The second one is the hardest to validate because you have to prove something that hasn't necessarily happened yet. That's cost avoidance. So how much will my spend increase if I don't do something, if I don't change something? How much more will I have to, to spend in order to get the same amount of work out the door, for instance? It's calculated as a total expected spend divided by that cost avoided. And again, it's very hard to validate because now we're predicting the future. So what's that likelihood? We introduce more risk into it. Space. Space is a big deal now. If any of you guys run distribution facilities or large networks, you understand that. So now how do we use ROI for space? How much space will I save if I invest in something or I change the way that I operate? Will I save that square footage? Will I be more efficient? We're gonna calculate that as the market square foot cost burden or yours if you have one divided by the square foot we saved in a new design. The last one's becoming more popular. It's still not common yet. It's revenue growth or business expansion. So if you're in a growing business or you have a marketing arm that's really growing and driving sales, can we drive a project? How much more can I produce? How can I grow the business if I invest or change the operation? If I invest in this technology, can it let me sell, sell more to the market? Can I gain market share? And it's calculated as total new revenue divided by the total cost of the investment or change. We're starting to see a lot of that in the market today. Part of it's the Amazon effect, and part of it's the fact we have to change the way we do business on a daily basis. You can't do the same thing every day and expect different results. Becoming more popular. Those are the four most common we see in our projects. Asking for capital. So, I'm not a business major. I'm not a finance guy. But when we look at asking for capital, we have to understand where the money come from. Money's come from. We have total revenue. Then we have our total expense. Overhead, SG&A other cost, cost of business, cost of goods, whatever that is, then we have free cash flow. That then creates a bucket where capital comes from many times. 
What I want to point out here is if you notice, we have four different areas, five different areas here on the board between marketing, technology, infrastructure, research, development, and logistics. Marketing always gets the biggest chunks. If you're a supply chain guy like I am, you guys know marketing's getting the biggest budget. Might as well swallow it and enjoy it. You have to understand what your piece of the pie is. So how much money do you really have there sitting as that piece of a pie if I'm going to ask for capital for a project? It's not as simple as having a return on investment. I have to understand how much I can spend. So funding, pro funding questions pre-project. Before you ever step into a project, before you ask for capital, before you go before the board and say, hey, I'd like to invest money in A, B, or C, why do I need this project? What's the expected outcome of the project? What's my goal? What am I trying to achieve? Do I just want something shiny and new to show off to investors or show off to, to people as a showpiece if it's got a quick ROI? Or do I really need something new to change the way I do business? What's my total operational cost? Is what I'm asking for looking at even reasonable? If I'm spending $100,000 a year, does it make sense to look at a new project? What is it in, as a percent of my total spend? What cost do I offset with a change in the investment? So is that in labor, space, or is there a service change? Can I improve service, get quicker to market, again, grow market share? What's my total spend by targeted cost area? So now we take it a deeper layer and we say, okay, I'm gonna try to save on labor. But now let's take down my areas of labor to understand exactly where my impact areas are. In space, what's taking up the most space, the most inefficient use of space? Service, where am I lagging? Where am I losing market share? Where am I not getting my product to customers? Where am my product not coming in from overseas on time to allow for quick turns? So those are the types of questions we need to look for. What's my timeline? What fiscal years would be impacted? I put fiscal years here for a reason. No projects ever take weeks unless they're quick turn cherry pick items. True investment takes time, it takes effort. Many times it takes months just to come to a conclusion that actually fits the business model. We need to understand that out of the gate. Who and what functions should lead the project? Many times we sit around, have a great idea, but we have somebody else has to drive that project and they have to interact with us. There's some politicking that has to go back and forth. We have to understand who we have to interact with, who do we have to upsell that we need to do this project and then gain that alliance as we move forward. Does our organizational have the expertise in the area to drive the project forward? Do we have to invest in a long-term resource? Do I have the people to support it? If I'm investing in a new system, a new WMS, for example, or ERP, do I have the team that can carry that forward? It sounds great. It sounds fantastic that I can see my sales and I can see my cost all in one place, all my inventory, but can the people actually manage the business? Does the organization need to see outside and consultants, hire a consultant, hire another expertise short term, contract labor, somebody to come in and really help with that initial project phase? And what are the risks? If something doesn't happen, what are my risks? But better yet, if something does happen, what are my risks? A lot of times the cost of doing nothing and the cost of doing something are the same on a risk factor. You have to balance those. The most important question you have to ask though, do I have capital? Do I have a budget to actually drive a project forward? Regardless of ROI, if the cash doesn't exist, you really don't have anything you can push forward. It's capital budgets. How much budget exists in the organization? We talked about before, we have competing interests we have to, we have to look at. Who's getting the money, where's it going? What is in a reasonable expected savings or return from addressing the problem that we're trying to fix? A lot of times we see very aggressive ROI numbers when we're talking about capital projects. And the danger of that is, is that reasonable? Is it reasonable to look for the absolute best dollar you can find on that project? Or should we be more conservative, look at the risk and say, hey, we're gonna save a range that's much more feasible and palatable for a senior executive to sign off on? What financial hurdle rates are necessary for me to hop through? So. An example, 
cash flow impact. If I have to put $2 million of outlay on a $20 million capital budget, is it feasible for the organization? Can we take that kind of hit? EBITDA, EBITDA impact for the financial guys in the room. What type of return do I get on my investment in the open market? Maybe I have a PE firm who's looking for something to invest in with inside the company's supply chain. What kind of impact does this have on my resale value? What does it do to my books? ROI, it's an easy one. How is my ROI impacted by the decisions I make? What is my real ROI? Again, what am I measuring against? And what other strategic initiatives are coming down the pipe? Is it worth pursuing something to gain a little if next year I can put off something that can gain me a lot that's more strategic? Think outside the box. Don't think about the problem in front of your face, but think about it in the holistic picture of your business. Common ROI rules of thumb. This is the most common question we get from new customers as we sit in front of them. They ask us literally, how much, how long should I expect to recoup the funds I'm putting into a project? These are just rules of thumb. These are not something I'm telling you your organization has or uses. This is something to share. 36 months is by far the most common for large organizations. When I say large organization, let's have a B at the end of the revenue number. They want to see a return in 36 months or less in general. If I'm looking at a private equity firm, a smaller company, let's say 50, $100 million, I need 24 months or less. I'm putting out a lot of cash, a lot of capital for a business that's really not that large. You've got to have a quick return on it. Something that's becoming more common, though, that we have seen, especially in the last 12 months, I'll even go 18, is 60 months or less payback for revenue growth projects. If I'm trying to gain market share, if I'm trying to introduce myself to a new market, if I'm trying to capture something I never had before, the board seem to be more willing to invest in long-term savings to hedge their bets against that forecast than they would otherwise. And that's somewhat exciting. And at the same time, if you're sitting on the board, that's kind of scary because you're, you're hedging your bets on a forecast. You're not hedging your bets on something you control today. I think more organizations are starting to understand the positive EBITDA impact of new assets on the business valuation is still a minority item. Um, if we were in Europe and investing, it's a much different model than we have in the States. You will see a lot more investment in infrastructure, technology, and so forth. Stateside, we're still hesitant to spend the cash, right, because it impacts our books today. More companies are starting to think about that valuations in terms of what does it mean tomorrow? If I go to resell my company, if I go to flip to somebody larger. Most organizations I'm still finding don't really have hurdle rates, though, to compare against. They just chase projects. They don't have anybody doing the check and saying, hey, can we really afford to do this? Does it really benefit our organization? Does it benefit the strategy of the organization? And it has to meet this criteria, we can't do it. That checks and balance, that toll gate process is still lacking out there in the greater market. And cash flow will always be a concern. We are in business, it should be a concern. It's becoming more of a concern as markets are expanding. We're actually seeing an uptick in purchasing of goods and having more inventory on hand to expect that quick turn. So where's the money going to? Is it to buy inventory to get to the end client or is it going to my infrastructure to service the end client? So now we have to fund a project. Who's the competition? Private equity requires expected profit. If you happen to work for PE or VC, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have an expectation to hit just like you do if you were a public company. And a lot of times you're not big enough to really drive a lot of decisions. You have to hit those. Product development, we have to get new products to the market. You're competing against R&D to make sure you get funds to do a project, but R&D has a new idea that's gonna drive a 10% increase in revenue. That's now competition. Marketing, again, marketing's always gonna get the cash, right? How do you get the product to market? Today's world is becoming less of an issue with a lot of our social media and different ways of having cost-effective sharing of marketing, but in the, the day, there's still competition that you have to dig with. 
And last but not least is operations. You're bringing up the rear, you're buying the goods, you're getting the goods shipped and distributed, you get the last of the funding circle. So preparation, why is the project important? What am I improving? What are the impacts both short-term and long-term? Both financially to my organization, to people, to infrastructure, holistically, what's the impact? Not just simply dollars and cents. Does the project fit our organizational strategy? Does it get me closer to where I'm trying to be in an organization? Second, understand the ask from the other functional areas within the organization. Gain alignment when possible. If you're going to go ask for funds and you're a VP of supply chain for your distribution network and also on the front end of business, let's say you want to open up a new factory in China, it makes no sense to ignore your partners. Go sit with your partners and tell them what you're doing and why you're doing it. Gain alignment. Help sell that value from bottom up. Understand the pool for capital funding. If you pull by functional area, you know how much you got. It's pretty simple. A lot of large, sophisticated organizations say, hey, here's your $10 million for this year, for next year, and the year after. Go spend it if you want to, and if you don't, you lose it. Budget a study a year prior if possible. Don't anticipate starting a study today for a project you want to improve tomorrow and funding it two months from now. Do your homework in advance. Budget in that homework a year in advance so you comfortably can actually go and ask for the proper amount of funds. Because no matter what happens, that project's going to change five or six times. The funds are going to change five or six times. And how many times do you want to ask a CEO for money? Personally, me, never. But if we have to, we want to do it one time. Utilize outside experts to gain expertise. There is no shame in hiring somebody who does something all the time to help you sell your business case or to help you validate something you're thinking about. A lot of times we run into obstacles where people aren't used to using outside expertise because we want to have an ego that we can do everything, and that's fantastic. It doesn't make you any less smart than to lean on the experts to help you make your decisions. Utilize a three to five year planning strategy or window if possible, when possible, and how much can be spent in total. One of the worst things you can ever do is sit in front of a client who says, oh, as long as the ROI is 24 months, I can do anything. Well, for $50 million, I can do a lot. You're a $75 million organization. Can't spend $50 million. How much can I really reasonably spend and ask for so it makes sense for my business? Commission an official study. Again, budget 10 to 12 weeks official study time. So we're starting the process a year in advance. We're doing internal homework. Commission a study of some kind that's going to take that two to three month window that's really going to give you confidence is what you're looking for, regardless of the project, is actually viable. When you're utilizing support, you want to think like a CEO. If I go sit in front of my CEO and ask for this type of money, for the funding of this project, for this strategy that I'm now undertaking, will they actually listen? Does it make sense? Validation is a strong mechanism for change. I'm going to repeat that one because that one to me is extremely important. Validation is a strong mechanism for change. Having somebody come in and validate the seeing what you're seeing from an outside perspective allows for your story to be told. Do not forget that. It also makes you ask the question, does my problem really need solving? Force for the tree syndrome is a real thing in everybody's life and everybody's business life. So sitting there and understanding whether or not there's really value in what you're doing is important just to make sure you didn't miss anything, not because you have the worst or bad intentions. Understand your obstacles, challenges, and potential costs, whether that's internal resources, the inability to move within, your internal politics, outside challenges. Again, if you're PC or VC, you got that another layer to it, but understand what those are so you can articulate a plan to get around those in advance. Again, look for things in the day-to-day -day business from the outside in, force for the trees. Is there anything quick and low cost that can win that can help me build my case? So if I have a project, let's say in software, can I supplement it with some internal reports that cost a person two hours of their time daily 
that advances my story for it and then lets me go attack the bigger project. Take it in pieces, not in chunks, so I get things done. And connect the team with the right resources for the right solution. Access to those who can provide value, not those who are just sitting there to sell you a solution. Find partners who are there to help you solve your problem, not to sell you something in particular. That is key. Because then you're going to run into something that could work, may not work, and you'll have questions on the back end of it. And the ability to point out new market solutions that may not be known to internal teams is highly important as well. One of the values of sitting on this side of the aisle in the consulting world is we get access to a lot of new technologies, thoughts, ideas, ways of working, processes. Lean on those people. Don't, don't rely on internal resources or try to do it all on your own. And help is never a bad thing. And if your CEO thinks help is a bad thing, I'm sorry, but help is never a bad thing. Always ask for help. So projects in R&I. So just some examples of some projects we've run into over the last few years. We had a $10 billion organization that was running out of space in the distribution facility. They had an expensive parcel spend. Uh, the rent in the local area was just skyrocketing as it is across many markets within the states today. And lease was coming due. They had to make a decision. So we did a full network supply chain strategy study about moving to a different geographic location that would save about $13 million in annual spend and transportation only. Our IO target, ROI target measured as simple ROI was less than 48 months. That did not include optimization within the distribution facility, okay? So what we recommended is don't move. We had significant unused capacity that could be reconfigured through physical assets in, addition, in lieu of additional space. We could find temporary space to move slow-moving uh, slow SKUs, SKUs that are obsolete, inventory that just doesn't move off-site, get rid of it for a little while, keep it on hand in case we need it with quick access, but doesn't have to be taking up space in my primary spot. Negotiating a lease rate with somewhat longer terms to better absorb the rising cost in rent. This, this particular organization was looking at a 36-month lease. You're not going to get as good of a rate as if you look at maybe 84 months or even 120. Uh, why? Did we do this? The positive ROI and significant PLNL savings, the risk of the business was deemed to be too high. You had new teammates, longer lead times to greater than 30% of your customers. Didn't make sense. The last piece of it though, the PL savings was less than a half a point of total annual revenue of the product shipped from that facility. So we looked at it from the perspective of does it really make sense to do this knowing I'm putting this much at risk? No, it doesn't. I would not risk my own network for that. Think like the CEO. Number two, a $48 million company is having service challenges, losing inventory within the warehouse and four walls. Space is not well. It was an absolute disaster. I actually did this project myself. You could have dropped. It was, it was terrible. I've seen some bad places if it was rough. Orders are being canceled, doing bet, being well past the due date. The RI target for this one was 30 months. We kept it simple. We recommended implementing a solution that cost about $1.2 million total. That was actually storage and software. And why? Despite the large investment and the size of the organization, we were able to reduce headcount in the warehouse by 50%. That's $480,000 on average loaded. We were able to free up 20,000 square feet of a 90,000 square foot operation for expansion and growth. We were able to put in a WMS to help track inventory throughout the entire process for a total of about a quarter million dollars of investment. And the hiring of talent, one of our recommendations, go find somebody talent-wise to help you manage the business long-term. It's the right thing to do for the customer to find somebody to do what I do outside for them internally was important. The hurdle rate was borderline due to cash flow. It got approved by the PE firm though. The implementation has yielded extremely positive results. We actually had an ROI return of 21 months because we found some uptick when we did it. Last study, a $4 billion company is looking to add an e-commerce channel offering. It's kind of scary to think in 2020 somebody doesn't have e-commerce 
in their portfolio if they're selling to consumer, but they did not. Space is owned and large. The ability to scale a large system exists. Plenty of room, that's not a problem. The ability to generate additional revenue was viewed at greater than a half a billion dollars annually, which is significant. The ROI target for this one was 60 months, and we were able to come in just less than that on the project. We recommended implementing a solution that would take advantage of the current facility and allow for the necessary throughput that was forecasted. The total system cost was $40 million. It's a big number. So what's happened? Despite support for the system and new business channel, the project has yet to be implemented. The project fell within all hurdle guidelines, total cost, ROI, strategic direction. Senior leadership team was not aligned as a team with the direction. We had dissenting parties. We did not gain alignment at the top channels of the board. So now it's just sitting there. They have the project on hand. And actually, 24 months later, they're still waiting to implement. $40 million project hasn't gone in place yet. So key takeaways. Guys, you have to understand our problem we're trying to solve prior to solving a problem. A lot of times in the supply chain and distribution field, we want to go gung-ho and fix something, but do we really understand what we're trying to fix in the greater picture, right? It's bigger than pick rate. It's bigger than service. What's the total picture we're trying to solve? Know your limits for spending on cash and capital. There is no such thing as a cap regardless of return. That does not exist in any business. Walmart, Amazon, whoever it is, has a cap they're willing to spend in order to implement a project. Know your organizational hurdle rates for prior to approval. Know what you have to get over. Understand where you have to go to get where you need to go before you sign up for a solution because you're gonna to have to negotiate some change along the way. Again, partner with other functional areas. Gain allies in your pursuit. Do not go in it alone. It's a lonely place to ask for funds when marketing sits across the table and goes, yeah, but I'm launching this in R&D and they had no idea your project was coming. You're not gonna get approved. Plan appropriate timeline expectations that are real. Do not go in and tell the CEO, we're gonna do this in 12 months if you're getting auto store. It's not happening, right? It's gonna take you 24 months if you're lucky. Be realistic with your time frame. Get ahead of it. Understand your time frame. Understand if it fits that long-term strategic vision that your organization is trying to present. And then manage those expectations upward because guys, what's the board gonna do? They're gonna manage down a pinched expectation. Start big, negotiate to the proper point. Lastly, don't get alone. Utilize experts for validation, whether that's internal resources, external resources, your buddy down the street, or somebody you find on LegalZoom. Go at it and ask for help. Ask for those people to come in and validate what you're looking at, to add that piece. You don't want to go in it alone and make a bad decision. Thank you so much for coming. Hopefully you got something out of this today. I'm going to open the floor up to questions if anybody has any. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of Modex. Say coronavirus free. I'll be up here to answer questions for another 20 minutes, and I'm not afraid to shake your hand. Sorry, I'm going to break the rules. Thanks, guys.